Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. This is episode 300, and I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net, and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast. If you're already doing so, thank you, and tell your friends to do so as well. Besides nhte.net, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. The show is on a whole bunch more, though, so don't despair if you don't see your favorite on there. Look for this show almost anywhere you get podcasts. For the Big Milestone Show, today I am joined on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Rockford, Illinois, by the drummer for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band Cheap Trick. He has performed more than 1,000 shows with them and recorded three critically acclaimed albums. He also co-wrote and drummed on the score for the Oscar award-winning documentary Undefeated. Over the last few years, he has also drummed two nights with Eddie Vedder, drummed for the Fab Faux and recorded with numerous projects. You've been hearing Ambush by Cheap Trick. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Dax Nielsen. Hello, 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 everybody. How you doing, Bruce? Fantastic. Great to have you here. It's my pleasure. 300. What a, that's a, I'm, I feel like a Spartan. I should take my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start off by having you talk about the song that we were just playing called Ambush. Yeah, it's actually uh, a cover that uh, we did with Cheap Trick uh, of a Harry Nielsen uh, song, which, not to be confused with Rick Nielsen or Dax Nielsen, but same pronunciation, different spelling. Uh, great, great singer-songwriter, Harry Nielsen. And it's um, off of a compilation uh, tribute kind of album that we did um, called This Is The Town, a tribute to Nielsen, volume two. Uh, we did it with producer uh, Kenny Siegel who's been a, a friend of the band for a long time and he approached us to be a part of the album and we got to pick what song we thought would fit us the best and funny story it was you know we we rehearsed it a bunch not a bunch but we learned it and then got in the studio and ran it a few times and then said all right let's try one and robin said i'll, I'll do a scratch vocal you know we'll do the, the the real take later and turns out we played it once and he sang it once and that's the version wow. on the album wow yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things. Like, do you want to try to redo that? Like, <laughs> I think you know. I think when you when you redo things, sometimes you lose the the spontaneity or the passion of the original one. You know, so, those things. You know, we play thousands of shows. You know, and so I think we're pretty tight as a band. We know how to play with each other. You know, obviously. So yeah, get in, get in the studio and it's one take, and we're let's go have lunch. Well, but now <laughs> I have a couple follow up questions. One of which is. How did you choose Ambush as as the one that you wanted to do? Um, it kind of, I you know, it was it was it's cool. It's kind of a shuffly, you know, and you know we're all based around the Chicago area originally, and so we all have the blues in us. And um, I think we liked the vocal. It, you know, it starts kind of real mellow, and Robin, you know, by the end he's screaming bloody murder so i think it was just one of those it just kind of it resonated with us and you know th we had a list of songs to choose from because this is volume two so nobody's gonna redo something that was on volume one sure. so you know, we, you know we only had 15 songs to choose from and that was really the one that we're like let's 
make this our own. Gotcha. Let's do this. Gotcha. Okay. Well, but getting back to the idea that you were saying about if all of a sudden you do really well on the first one, you kind of take that whole fitting it broke, don't fix it mentality. But because we do have a lot of listeners who are up and coming performers that listen to this show every week to get lessons from the guests like yourself, I just want to make sure that we're kind of careful here so that someone doesn't say, well, Dax Nielsen from Cheap Tricks said, if my first one comes out cool, that I don't have to do anymore. And all of a sudden, like <laughs> everybody's going in and doing one take and it's like, I think you got a better one in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it all depends too. I mean, if, if you are the artist and you think that's the take, then maybe you can say I'm done. But, you know, if you're if you're a studio musician or a hired gun, if they want you to do another take, you're doing another take, whether you, you think that was the one or not. Well, and I think we should also put things in perspective. This is cheap trick. They've done this before. So <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean we've put out we've put out three albums in the last two years. Like that's you know, that's how they did it back in the seventies. And so it's you know, we've got material and we're the guys are still hungry and want to get in the studio and you know, that nobody needs a new cheap trick record. So it wasn't like contractually obligated. Like we did it because we want to and so you know, we've oh. recorded 70 songs in the last three years wow. you know, they're band, they've been a band for 45 years so yeah. pretty impressive amazing I'm that's ha- fantastic. happy to be a part of it no you know? doubt no doubt well you've been cheap tricks drummer since 2010 so that means that you were 30 years old when you became their drummer so i guess some people would ask why not sooner his dad is the founding guitarist of the band couldn't rick have put dax on the cheap trick drum stool anytime he wanted no matter how young dax might have been absolutely not um I I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would play for Cheap Trick. I've subbed for Bunny, the original drummer, here and there over the years. You know, he had back surgery, and I did two and a half months in the summer of 2001. You know, filling in for him, and I've done some, just some fill-in dates if he was prior obligations or you know illness or whatever. But you know, they were the same original four guys basically for 35 years, and it wasn't ever you know. There was never a thought in anybody's mind, as far as I know, that anybody was ever going to be replaced or leave the band. So, you know, easy for me to say, but I would say nepotism wasn't involved. I think I was chosen because, you know, I've been around the band forever. I know all the music inside and out. I know the guys. They've known me forever. You know, it wasn't if I was no good they weren't going to pick me. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just because I'm Rick's kid. Yeah, well, exactly. I got to see Phil Collins when he came through Tampa like six or so weeks ago, and his son I is playing his drums. Son. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it, but, I've heard. Well, it's one thing for a top music act to have a son or daughter who plays drums, guitar, bass, keys, whatever, but like you're starting to say, they still have to be at the top of their game with whatever that instrument is. And by the way, listeners, Dax had lots and lots and lots of on-the-job training before he ever came near the cheap trick job. Talk about all that you did with Harmony Riley. Yeah, uh, well, my brother Miles is a musician as well. I have three siblings, and one of them, Miles, is also a musician. He's a great singer-songwriter, um, guitar player. He's got a great band. Check him out, Miles Nielsen and the Rusted Hearts. They just put out a brand-new album that is unbelievable. So I think their third or fourth studio album. But uh, he and I had a band that we started uh, when I was a senior in high school, so 97. And we were a band for about seven years. We put out three albums and two EPs and played anywhere and everywhere for seven years. So we, I mean, we probably played 150, 200 shows a year. So we're talking 1,500 shows at least as a band, you know? So yeah, we, we 
opened for a ton of people and actually opened for Cheap Trick in the summer of 2001. And that's why I got, that's why I, I filled in for Bunny because I was opening the act. And then Bunny was, you know, he had had some back issues and he said, hey, you know, one night he goes, hey, can you do the encore? And I, I'd never, honestly, never thought about playing with the band. Wow. And I said, uh, sure, it's three songs. And I, I know it. I grew up around it. So it was one of the things like, sure, I'll, I'll try it. And then did that for about a week of, of shows. And then one day he goes, I'm going home tomorrow to have back surgery. You're doing the rest of the tour. Wow. Like, no, it wasn't a, hey, can, can you do it? It was, you're doing this. You know, so <laughs> kind of just thrust into it. And so, yeah, I did. That, that was my start with the band. Wow. Wow. Baptism then, by fire. Year, well, <laughs> however many years later i got a phone call and said hey can you be in austin texas in two days i said for what well something's something's happened but you know we need your help and i said okay so i figured it out and made made the arrangements and next thing i know i'm in the studio filming austin city limits Mm. (laughs) with the band which is my first official performance and you know it was 48 hours notice and we Mm. didn't rehearse you know we did a sound check and that was it here I am filmed, you know, millions wow. of viewers. Like, talk about baptism by fire. Like, <laughs> once again, it was, you know, hey, we need you kind of thing. It wasn't like, hey, think about this for a while and yeah. come back to us. It was, <laughs> can you get on an airplane in a day and a half? Amazing. So I said Amazing. yes, and 10, year, 10 years later, here we are. Well, but I like that Harmony Riley story, particularly when you said we probably played close to 1,500 shows because that's what I wanted the listeners to hear is that, Okay, yeah, so all of a sudden the opportunity comes up to be the drummer for Cheap Trick, and it doesn't matter that you're the son, you have to be good. And that's why I wanted them to hear, you had lots and lots and lots of reps. So before you can ever even consider, even if that was to come available, am I qualified for it? You made sure that you were. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if, for example, if I if, say I was living in Rockford and working at... Say I'm on a, whatever a normal job, but I'm a drummer on the side. I wouldn't have gotten the cheap trick gig. It wasn't like, hey, my son plays drums. Maybe he could fill in. It was I was current. I was out touring. I was, I did you know L. I lived in L. A. for seven years and toured with uh, the the king of the surf guitar, Dick Dale, for three years and played for Brandy Carlisle for a couple of years. Who now now she's winning Grammys and you know I I was out doing it. It wasn't. I wasn't just sitting around, you know, you weren't just sitting around being Rick's son. Correct. Correct. And, you know, I mean, I was, like you said, thousands of hours, hundreds of gigs, thousands of gigs playing for no people playing for 10,000 people. It didn't matter. Just it's what I was doing. You know, I want to back up to the idea of the three new albums in the last two years, because, and listeners, I apologize. I should be allowed to say, A, whatever I want, whenever I want, because it's my show, but B, especially because it's episode 300. But I am going to apologize anyways. I know you get sick of hearing me say all the time, it's a singles-driven industry. But it has become a singles-driven industry. So I'm interested, Dax, in Cheap Trick saying, screw that. We're Cheap Trick. We put out albums. We're going to do three in two years. Like, was there <laughs> ever anybody that said, hold on, guys, you know, nobody's really buying albums anymore? Uh, I mean... I'm sure people said that, but you know, we're all, the band's old school. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're not going to go in the studio once a month and then put out twelve songs, one one every month, and then you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot of material too. And Scott Borchetta, famous, you know, manager and record label owner of Big Machine. Yeah. Um, 
he signed the band because he was a lifelong fan and he has the power and the money and said, I want to make you guys popular again. You know, like I want to put you guys on the map again that you put up, you know, so go in the studio and do what you want to do. And I love the band. Thank you. Like go do it. You know, I love it. So it was, it was no pressure. Honestly, it was the first release was called bang zoom crazy. Hello. We did that. Honestly, we'd be on the road and, tour manager would say hey you guys got four days off in two weeks do you want to go home or do you want to go to nashville or la and record for three days well yeah let's go record so we do that and record four or five songs then a month or two later do the same thing so that album actually was pieced together just in our free time basically but where were you going and recording that one we started in los angeles because our producer julian raymond was living there still and then soon after that he he got hired by Big Machine and moved to Nashville. So then we started going to Nashville. Okay. So that album was was half Los Angeles, half Nashville, and then the the, the, the two follow ups were both all Nashville. And were those under similar circumstances where it was, hey, you got some time off during tour, or was it no, we were actually down for a bit? Uh, we did a Christmas album, which is really good. I, it's um, in my opinion. I always say if you if you took if you took the words out if you changed the lyrics it's it's a cheap trick album it's a rock and roll <laughs> album it's not some hokey Christmas album just as, you know to put in people's stocking stuffer it was like no it's you know we did a Ramones Christmas cover we did a couple originals we did a uh, a Slade tune we did a, a you know all kinds of really cool stuff that one we did actually in like a you know a week or mm. or less mm-hmm. that was like all at one time but okay. the other album we're all all right was also done in pieces just you know because we tour so much yeah that you know, having a full week off is pretty much unheard of unless it's the holidays yeah. so okay okay so yeah it was i mean somewhat pieced together but you know with with an idea in mind with sure. a, somewhat of a roadmap sure of what we were doing Listeners, there have actually been quite a few notable drummers on the show over the now 300 episodes. The drummer for Pink. Mark Schulman. Yeah. The drummer for Joe Walsh. The drummer for Crowded House. The drummer for the popular Christian band Casting Crowns. And then even Chad Cromwell, who has played drums for the likes of Neil Young, Mark Knopfler, Kenny Chesney, and others. I'll put a link to all those on the show page for this episode at nhte.net, so you can go back and hear those interviews too. But Dax, who's who's out there active today? I'm talking about drummers, of course, that you really admire, whose work you really like. Uh, man, there's a few different guys. I mean, for me, you know, everybody says who's your favorite drummer, and it's like, oh, John Bonham, Ringo, Keith Moon. Like, okay, that's all great and fine. But for me, it's the guys that are studio guys or are hired guys. and. Mm. You know, uh, Josh Freeze is one name that comes to mind. He's, you know, he's been on thousands of albums. He's currently out there with Sting, but he's played for Nine Inch Nails, you know, uh, Weezer, a million people. But, you know, he's also like on Sarah Bareilles' albums and <laughs> or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Michael Bublé. Uh, there's a drummer who's actually, he's a Broadway drummer, but he does all this great Instagram stuff. And his name is Carter McLean, McLean, maybe I'm not sure. I, I think mm. it may be, maybe it's McLean M C L E A N. So Carter, he's this guy and you know, he's got a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and you know, but he's a Broadway drummer. He's, you know, nobody's ever seen yeah. him actually play live because yeah. he's in a, in a booth, but he, you know, he put on an instruction booklet, instructional book recently and he's great. 
but you know the, the guys like Steve Gadd or Vinny Cayuta, like the legends of studio work. Those 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 are the guys that I really look up to because you know they play for Steve Gadd plays for James Taylor, but he also plays for Eric Clapton and mm-hmm. whoever else. You know, Vinny Cayuta played with Sting forever, but he also plays with Herbie Hancock and he did the drums on a Megadeth album a few years ago. You know, like the guys that can kind of do it all and be a chameleon and you know inspire other drummers to do stuff those are the guys i really like well but you know listeners dax and i are just meeting for the first time but i like already the level of humility that you're showing because i looked very just quickly at your instagram and listeners i'll be giving out his website and social media and stuff in a little bit but you're there saying like hey like look who i met like this was cool in other words you're not someone saying like well a i'm not going to post those kind of pictures or b these people should be asking for their pictures with me. So I, th- I think it's cool that you are showing the respect to these other guys whose work you've always admired and are obviously are having chances to cross paths with. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, st- I, I live again, but I grew up in Rockford, Illinois. So I, I did, like I said, in Los Angeles and Nashville for a while. But in this town, it's very blue collar. And, you know, Cheap Trick was formed here and, and Rick and Bunny and myself still live here. And you know, if you go out and act like you're some big rock star, you know, probably going to get beat up or, or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things, like, we're all just workers, and, you know, if I go out to the bar, I'm sitting next to, next to my buddy who just got off third shift or whatever. It, it doesn't matter, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, I'm not the greatest drummer in, in Illinois, <laughs> let alone the world. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't, anybody that thinks that they're, or that they deserve something or, that, you know, I deserve fame or any of that, then they, they should rethink that, you know. Mm. I think being, you know, humble and appreciating what you've got is is key. And I think that's what keeps a guy like me working. And, you know, people want to want you to be around because you're happy to be there, not pay me X amount of dollars because I'm so badass, you know what Fantastic. I mean? Fantastic. Great advice, great advice. Another so. another good teaching moment here on Now Hear This Entertainment. Listeners have had, for some reason, thought that, Dax was here in the greater Tampa Bay area. If so, I was going to interview him in person, in which case I would have just taken my Tascam DR44WL, the handheld recorder that I use for on-location stuff. You can use it if you're recording for song ideas, songwriting sessions. It does have built-in mics, which would be handy for those two particular applications. I choose to plug in two external Tascam microphones to it just because I feel it helps against any room noise, even though I wear Tascam headphones too so I can hear my voice and my guest without any problem. But take a look at all these things on their website, handheld recorders, microphones, headphones, and a whole lot more at TASCAM.com, Tascam.com. Get yourself some of the same gear that musicians and podcasters are utilizing to capture sound. Was that Tascam? Yes, Oh, man, what a great company. There you go. Another endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. Call me. Yeah. Speaking of gear, Dax, what are you playing these days? And, and whoever you say, how long have you been with them? Funny story. Here's a little tidbit for your listeners. I, When I was 16 or 17, I wrote a handwritten letter and mailed it to Promark Drumsticks in Houston, Texas. <laughs> I love Said it already. My name, I love it already. My name is, da- my, here's, yeah, my name is Dax Nielsen. I'm a drummer currently playing with harmony riley at the time i love your sticks I, I, you know i here's what i plan on doing the next five to ten years and 20 30 whatever i don't remember the exact words but i i got endorsed basically i mean i wasn't an artist that was 
doing much. I was playing clubs around Illinois or, or the greater Midwestern area. But the guy was so taken aback by a handwritten letter by, <laughs> from some kid that he's like, yeah, we'll sign you. So I've been with them now for, geez, I'm 39, so let's say 22 years. Wow. That's pretty unbelievable. Um, Ludwig Drums, forever and always. And if they ever decide to not endorse me ever again, I will still play those drums because <laughs> all the greats have played them. Not saying I am, but Ringo, my favorite, John Bonham, et cetera, et cetera. And they make just the best drums in the whole world. And then I've been a handshake agreement with Zildjian Cymbals for mm-hmm. a decade now. But officially, you can see on my Instagram, I, I signed with them th- this summer. It's funny because Sarah, the head over there, she uh, she's like, hey, wait a second. I had a day off before we played Boston. They're based at, right outside of Boston. And she goes, I said, hey, I want to come take a tour and say hey to everybody. And she goes, yeah, I got something to talk about as well. I said, okay, no problem. You know, whatever handshake agreement they've always helped me out with whatever i need she goes i, I just realized you've been i've known you for 10 years but you never actually signed a contract <laughs> with us she's like it doesn't really matter obviously we'd love you and we'll take care of you but so i officially signed a piece of paper with zildjian there you go uh this summer <laughs> which is such an honor i mean they're, they're, they're the oldest company in the world i think they've been mm. zildjian since the 1400s i want to like oh, in turkey gosh yeah it's no it's crazy like it's a 600 year old company so they know what they're doing. Will I see you at the NAMM show in Anaheim in January? Uh, per- perhaps. I've been to the last two. Prior to that, I hadn't gone in eight years. So mm. it is a good thing to do. I mean, yeah. I, I recently was invited to do the Seth Meyers show. He has a rotating drummer in the in the house band. Fred Armisen, the comedian that used to be on Saturday Night Live in Portlandia, he is a drummer that it's his band, the house band, but he still acts and does stand-up comedy. So when he goes on the road or has to film they came up with the idea to, to replace him with famous drummers so you know all the all the guys you know all my favorites have done it and i've done it once and i the way i got it was i was at nam i was standing outside the ludwig booth and hanging out with nico mcbrain who's the drummer in, in iron maiden of all people just shooting the breeze and the eric lederman came up who is the, the producer of seth meyers and nick, nick uh, nico was like you got to meet my friend Dax. And, you know, he said, oh, yeah, you're on my list already. Of, he's got a, a hundred, <laughs> 100 drummers. But I was like, yeah, right. He goes, no, I swear to God, like, I've been hoping to get you on one day. But Let me see the list. <laughs> yeah, show me the list. But if I wasn't at NAM that day, at that spot talking to Nico, who knows if it, that would have happened. Wow. Wow. You know. So, NAM, it, it is kind of gross and kind of gives you a headache and they they call it nam thrax because everybody gets they get sick after the after because you know so many just people sweating and breathing and ugh. so go everybody no yeah. It, yeah i'll probably be there it's january so i, I probably won't be on the road or doing, yeah. doing much well it's funny I, I actually had that down as something i was going to ask you about because i did see on your social media that you had played on late night with seth meyers so yes. that, that's cool that that's how it came to be listeners you know that i've been to the last several well, technically the last six NAM shows, but that's winter and summer combined. So the last three years I've been at both of those. So that'll be lucky seven coming up for me in January. I went to Nashville for the first time this last year. Uh, it was a little different it's, yeah, very, <laughs> than the California very. one. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to announce it yet. So here goes. I'll, I'll put it out there anyways. But I actually am going to be speaking at NAM this coming January. All also. right. So yeah, so lucky seven it is. Cool. 
We talked about you getting hired by Cheap Trick, but in the intro, I mentioned you're having worked on the score for the Oscar award-winning documentary, Undefeated. How did you get involved with that project? Uh, the true story, my, my best friend since I was 12 years old, he was the lead singer in my first two bands. I had a band called Asmodeus when I was 12, which is a <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons character, <laughs> I think, the guitar game. And then I had, when I was 14, I had a band called Wuss, which I still think is the greatest <laughs> band name ever. That was like back in the Beavis and Butthead era. So, like, you know, everybody called each other Wuss. You're quit being a Wuss. You know? <laughs> so anyways, he he was my best friend. He's, he's a, a year older than me. And so I kind of followed him around high school and then he college and whatnot. And long story short, he is a documentary filmmaker out in LA now. And, um, he made this documentary and said, Hey, do you and your brother miles and our friend Dan McMahon want to put some music, like do the music, do the score. And we're like, sure. You know, thanks. You know, it was because at the time, you know, he didn't know he was making an Oscar award winning film. He was just making a film, you know? So, you know, have my buddies instead of hiring some LA guys or whatever to do it. So that was how that, I mean, my my best friend asked me to do it, but yeah, it, he went on and like the 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 rounds of possible award winners kept going, and he kept kept making it to the next round. Finally, it was down to five five movies. You mm-hmm. know, and next thing you know, I was in Denver, Colorado, watching the Oscars, and they announced it. And how cool is that? There you go. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. He's he, now he's gone on to win two two Emmys as well. So for a, a different film. But for the record, though, you can't say that you won an Oscar because the documentary did not the score. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't win an Oscar. I didn't. I, I play in a, in a Hall of Fame <laughs> rock band, but I didn't get inducted. Man, I'm just like, I'm, I'm so close so many times. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I've, I, I'm surrounded by great people in my life. And it's just fun to see the accolades that they're all getting. Nice. Nice. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, if you're in, say, the early phase of being a songwriter, take an inventory of exactly how many songs you have that you would feel comfortable performing live. Do you have enough that if you got a show where you had to play originals only for 30 minutes, you could? How about 45 minutes? How about 60? Make no mistake, I'm not saying to write for quantity instead of quality. Rather, the lesson here is this should motivate you to write more and, here's the important part, to finish songs. And that includes the ones you keep going back and rewriting. At some point, it has to be done. You'll be glad you did when you get a one-hour solo slot at a songwriter's festival. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. 
I mentioned earlier about the drummers that have been on this show, but shame on me. I don't think I asked any of them. How important is physical fitness for being a drummer that plays as much as you do? I'm guessing you have some sort of regimen to make sure you're ready for touring and being on stage for those couple hours every night or every other night. Yeah. I mean, when you're young, drumming is a young young man's game, without a doubt. I mean, name an old drummer that's still out there kicking ass, really. I mean, I won't name names. I won't. I won't say somebody isn't doing well, but I mean, it's, it's a young man's game and I'm now 39 and I finally had to start warming up and I'm finally hitting the gym on the road. And I try to do, I try to do, you know, <laughs> I don't know how old your listener, the demographic is, but you know, there's a thing going around about st- counting your steps. You know, everybody has yeah, the smartphone yeah. or the Fitbit, and it's like, I got to get my 10,000 steps and my five miles every day on the road. It's like, that, that's my first priority. So wow. every day, you know, I'm a big foodie as well. I've started a, a food blog, but I'm still working on it. I'll go on Yelp and I'll, you know, I love Mongolian barbecue. So I'll, I'll search if I'm in Kansas City, Mongolian barbecue. And sure enough, there's one 2.8 miles from the hotel. Well, I'm going to walk there. Wow. Eat my meal and I'll walk back. So there's, there's five miles right there and got a meal and worked and burned some calories, you know, and you get to see the town that you're in and do some discovering. And so I, it, it's so easy on the road to, lay around because you know, work at night yeah and then you know you get for us particular we and in the summertime we'll be on a tour bus so we'll leave the venue nine ten o'clock whatever drive who knows five hours there's 3 a.m you get to the hotel we're lucky enough to get hotels every day every day pretty much some bands live on the bus in which you know you shower at the venue and mm. it can be that can be you know and a lot of these venues that we're playing they're in the middle of nowhere you know they're not they're not they're like the you know the they're called sheds or amphitheaters yeah they're they're not in town they're about 20 minutes outside of town so if you're stuck on the bus you know <laughs> there's nowhere to walk there's no restaurants around the area so you're kind of stuck so anyways i'm lucky that the band provides hotels so we typically transfer around 3 a.m 4 a.m get in bed and then you know next thing you know you're, you're falling asleep an hour later because you know you can't go to bed right away so it's easy to lay around and do nothing all day until, you know, four o'clock when you got to go to the venue. So I try to exercise as much as possible. Well, yeah, because I was going to say that for those that have to sleep on the tour bus, then it's a case of, okay, well, then I guess if I'm going to hit a gym, I have to have a gym membership to someplace that has locations all across the country. But even then, you know, you pull into a city and you're like, okay, where is the closest LA fitness? Right. You know, yeah, how our, am I our, getting uh, there? Our, <laughs> our sound man recently quit drinking he was a, a he was a good drinker let's just say that and um he finally he quit and now he's 100 percent addicted to, to going to the gym every day he's lost like 40 pounds he looks great wow but yeah every day i see him getting in an uber or having the runner uh. take him to the nearest 24 whatever anytime fitness or planet fitness whatever it's gym he's going to but it's got to be a pain in the ass well, and I've made no secret over the more than five and a half years of this show that my all-time favorite band is Rush. And I must say that, shame on me, I was actually a little scratching my head going, really? When Neil Peart said, it's just taken its toll on me physically. Like, I am beaten up. Like, my feet are shot. My hands are shot. And I just, you know, I'm too old. I just can't do this, you know, the way I've done it. Yeah. And you don't realize that, yeah, you know, these drummers are just, wow. Like, you've got to be a beast back there. Oh yeah, it's it. I mean, you thought I was you thought I lived in Tampa because I recently was playing with a band uh, called Whole Damn Mess, which is I think Don is your friend. 
Yeah, Don was Don on Mix. the show a couple months ago. Yeah, so he, I've been playing with him in, in, in my off time in this band. And through his connections and through my help, he got the opening slot for the Cheap Trick and ZZ Top Tour. And he said, well, you're going to be there anyways, so why don't you, can you, can you, can you do the, the gigs? So I was doing double duty for the last week of the tour. And he's, I'm, you know, I'm playing in the opening act and then have 15 minutes to go get a sip of water and change my shirt and then go back out for 75 minutes with Cheap Trick. So I'm, you know, I'm doing 100 minutes mm. every night, you know, so I mean, it was, that was it, it, you know, it, the hardest part was more mentally, but physically, yeah, you have to be able to, you know, for the last song of Cheap Trick set, I need to still be going. You know, I can't. Wow. I can't be worn out because, first of all, you know, that's my main job. Yeah. So, like, yeah. hey, if you're gonna do this opening slot, you but you know, you better not be tired <laughs> yeah. for our, you know, for our show. And so, I definitely tried to, you know, take care of myself a lot that, you know, the week before and that and that week, just getting enough rest and hydration and whatnot so okay okay it's tough you know i mean just imagine you're playing drums and you get tired you're probably gonna start slowing down or Mm. you know or hitting softer or whatever it would be and you know the the performance would be affected so you know but at the same time adrenaline it goes a long way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're out there on stage, you know, you could be exhausted all day and you walk on stage and go, Oh my God, this is amazing. Just start wailing away. So who knows? No doubt. No doubt. But I'm glad you said, Hey, wait a minute. Cheap trick is my main gig because last week on the show, we heard Michael Paris, the keyboard player for OAR talking about Mm -hmm. touring with them, but also doing his own solo stuff around their schedule. So I assume that's the case with you too, meaning cheap trick dictates when you can, or can't pursue other projects because obviously we just talked about you did the score for undefeated. I mentioned back in the intro, you've done stuff with Eddie Vedder with the fab foe recording other projects. So mm-hmm. just talk about how your calendar gets set. Um, typically, I mean, it's November right now and I'm starting to get some tour dates sent to me for next year already. So like they try to book out, you know, I think we kind of already know what we're roughly going to do next summer kind of thing, you know, so hopefully I have enough warning and I, but I mean the, the hard part with cheap trick is we do over a hundred shows a year, every year. Hmm. So you, you do those plus occasional days off on the road plus travel days, getting to and from tour, you know, I'm working 180, 190, 100, you know, 200 shows, or 200 days a year. So there's not, you know, really that much free time where, I mean, if I was a single man with no kids, I'd, I'd probably fill it all in, but mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's harder and harder now for me to, I've, I've been offered some, some pretty big gigs, but there were, you know, seven weeks mm. and that's it, you know, or 10 shows and that's it. But they always kind of correspond. Maybe even if it's just one cheap trick gig that is, gets, that overlaps, I, I'm not going to yeah. jeopardize my job yeah. to, to go do this other thing. You know, I'm not going to say what the gigs were, but they, they were pretty big and it was a lot of back and forth and stress and, and anxiety about, man, I, I want this on my resume and I want mm. to do this or, or, or this is so much money. I cannot turn this down, but I had to because, you know, it's, I, you know, in the long term, cheap trick is, is more than sure, you know, sure. more than worth all of everything. Sure. Yeah. Fascinating stuff though. Good lessons here, kids. This is good stuff, huh? Well, yeah. I, the, the thing too, you don't want to, be the guy that quits every band to go to the next thing either. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got this opportunity to play with sting 
for four shows. I'm going to quit this gig I've had for 10 years. <laughs> you're like, no, you know, that would be great. But, you know, you don't want to be a, the, the ship jumper. Yep, yep. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Rockford, Illinois, by Dax Nielsen, the drummer for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band Cheap Trick. Visit his official website at daxnielsen.com. You can look at the title of this episode on your listening device to get the proper spelling of his first and last name. Plus, I will put a link to his website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Dax is on Facebook and Instagram, so do like and follow him on those two platforms, respectively. And then CheapTrick.com is the band's official website, so you can see where they'll be performing live. For example, New Year's Eve. Now that we're in November, we're already talking about New Year's Eve. They're going to be in Minnesota. Next February, this is cool, look for them on the Rock and Romance Cruise out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Listeners, it's been a long journey, hitting now the 300 episodes plateau. Hopefully many of you have been with me a long time now. You know that the guests that I have on are creating original music. And this show, this is my new release every week. This is my art. These episodes are what I create. If you want to support what I do to help me to be able to keep creating more and more of Now Hear This Entertainment, if you like the guests that I bring on, if you learn from the conversations we have, if you enjoy just the pure entertainment aspect, you're getting value from listening and hopefully subscribing to this show, I ask you to look at the Patreon and contribute in whatever amount you feel you can afford, whatever you're most comfortable with. Go to nhte.net and click on the orange support us on Patreon button to go there. I'm most grateful for your support that way and do truly appreciate whatever you choose to give. Dax, I just want to back up. So yeah, so two months ago on episode 293, my guest was Don Miggs. And so listeners, you're hearing Dax saying that last month, his band called Whole Damn Mess did a few shows opening up for Cheap Trick and ZZ Top. So getting back to you saying about pulling double duty, playing drums for Whole Damn Mess, taking the break, and then coming out for Cheap Trick. When you say physically and mentally, just talk about the mentally part in terms of what does an artist have to prepare themselves for mentally? Well, I mean... Because that's, that's a long time to to be on, and I'm hum, I'm holding up air quotes, to be on for that whole time. Not to mention all the... <laughs> I can you know, see them. Not, <laughs> not to mention, you know, knowing their songs. I mean, you're going to know the Cheap Trick song, but it's like, I got to know this other band's songs too. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was... it was. I've played with Whole Damn Mess on a, a, another tour. We opened up for Candlebox. We did eight shows with those guys earlier this year. So, I mean, I, I learned all the material. There was no new stuff to learn. But, I, you know, it would, playing for that, playing for Whole Damn Mess is one style of music, one style of drumming that didn't necessarily overlap. I mean, it's still me playing it, but the style is different. You know, the, the music is different than Cheap Trick. Both great, but for me mentally, it was, you know, putting myself in the Whole Damn Mess cap for, 50, for a half hour and giving Don the best performance I can give him and, and the other guys in the band and the audience and really digging in and, and having fun playing with these guys. It, I, it was, it was imperative that, you know, that he got the best out of me no matter what. And then literally I got, we finished the last note. I'd run basically run backstage. I had 15 minutes, mm. 14 and a half minutes at this point, you know, to go use the bathroom, change my shirt, and or change my whatever my outfit wow and have a sip of water and say hi to my bandmates in cheap trick and say hey i'm here 
you know, you've got me 100%. Because, you know, they, they were nice enough to, to agree to let me do it, yeah, you know. Cause yeah. They could have said, you know, I don't, it's too risky. What if, you know, what if you start getting worn down and, you know, by the second show you're tired and whatever. Yeah. They were nice. They trusted me to do that. And um, it was one of those things. So, like, there was an added pressure with my Cheap Trick show, which is, I've been in the band 10 years, but at the same time, I've never seen that band phone it in, quote unquote. Here's my air quotes. <laughs> you know, I've, I've grew, I grew up around the music, but I also now I've been in the band for uh, over a thousand shows. And I've never once seen any of those guys go, ah, I'm just tired today. Like, let's just get this over with. Let's go do this hmm. and get back, you know, get back to the hotel. Like, so that's inspiration for me to not ever phone it in. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, I, they never would. So I definitely can't, not that I ever would either. But so it was it, mentally, I was trying to, you know, be cool with both camps. You know, I wanted to hang out with the whole damn mess guys. Cause I, I, all the guys in the band are great. Some, you know, I consider them all friends at this point and also cheap trick. I want to make sure they know I'm there and I didn't like, I'm not over just hanging out in the, the whole damn mess yeah, backstage yeah. area and forgetting about them. You know, Hey, I got my buddies here. So screw you guys. It wasn't, you know, just, it was a fine line of, you know, trying to make sure everybody's accommodated and happy. And, but, you know, hats off to you though, because you acknowledge that, Hey, this is a big deal for them. So like whole damn mess, like this is their big show. We're opening up for Cheap Trick and CZ Top. Like, to them, this is the creme de la creme. So you're recognizing that and saying, I can't just mail it in with them and say Cheap Trick is my regular gig because they're going to be let down. So it's a testimony to you that you're conscious of that and saying, I got to give these guys 100% just like I'm going to do when Cheap Trick comes on stage. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like the what have you done for me lately thing in the sports world or even music too. Like it's, there's a lot of drummers out there. So, you know, I got to do my best job every time, no matter who I'm playing with, whatever I'm doing, if it's anybody, if, if there's five people there and I'm just playing for some local guy that, you know, I has five songs. He wants to play an open mic. It's like, I need to make him look as good as I can make. I can, I need to help him as much as I can. You there know, you go. there you go. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, that, that's going back to what you said, too, like literally I was at the end of three months out with ZZ Top and Cheap Trick and and various opening acts. But I'm, I'm, I was burnt. I'm crispy. You know, I'm ready to go home, <laughs> see my kids and my wife. And, you know, if, if there was ever a, the hardest time of the tour to go do double duties, it was the last week of the tour, <laughs> you know. And so th- it was it was it was interesting. It was, I'm so glad I did it. And I'm so glad the shows went great, but definitely it was like, really couldn't have been like the third week when everything's just starting to coast and go great. <laughs> for sure. Well, so. there's there's also something to be said for you're going to be hitting 10 years in March with Cheap Trick, but you're still like, I'm I'm still the new guy, so I I you know I can't I can't mail in, I can't let my my Cheap Trick bandmates down. You know. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, not at I'm, all. I'm exhausted from from playing with whole damn mess. <laughs> it, yeah, that would be bad. You know, that would definitely shut the window for any other opening acts or any other bands yeah, I was playing yeah, with in yeah, my spare time. Yeah. Listeners, a lot of you like to travel out of town to see legendary groups like Cheap Trick. And, of course, one of the destinations that comes to mind, or maybe the destination that comes to mind for taking such a trip is Las Vegas. If you've been listening for the last couple months, you know that I read the Access Vegas newsletter, which comes via email, by the way, which means you won't misplace it or it won't get accidentally thrown out. 
And inside there is exactly that, insider information, tips on how to maximize your time in Las Vegas, how to navigate all that there is to do there, what's new, what's closed, where are the specials, where are the happy hours. My gosh, I learned so much about the goings-on out there, what to be on the lookout for, yikes. It's one email I actually look forward to getting. And remember, just when you think you've caught up, you do also get access to their archives so you can go back and read past issues. Go to my show website, nhte.net, and click on the Access Vegas logo, and be sure to put in the code BRUCE at sign up so you get $5 off. And then prepare to start saving, prepare to start preparing for your next trip out there, and be even more satisfied with how it went because you read the newsletter and got educated. Again, go to nhte.net, click the Access Vegas logo, put in the code BRUCE at sign up, and get $5 off. Dax, we're in the home stretch here, but I can't have on a guest like you and not ask for a little storytelling. Something over your nine years with Cheap Trick that jumps out at you that was a great memory or a funny story or a true highlight. What comes to mind when I ask you to look back on this almost 10 years of drumming with the band? Oh, man, so much. I mean, we're talking a decade. For me, Cheap Trick made their name in, in Japan long story extremely short hopefully they got they were lucky enough to open up for kiss and for queen respectively back in like 77 78 and both those bands were massive at the time and so the japanese press flew over to do concert reviews you know to send back home and every time they said you know they reviewed the show but they always said the opening act cheap trick you know i'm paraphrasing but they're amazing like this band is great. So that spread quickly in Japan and they had three number one songs in Japan and were playing bars in, in the States, basically, you know, they're still <laughs> playing clubs. So they went over there to do a tour and they were the Beatles. Like they said, they, they got, they landed and you know, they're sitting in the back of the plane and coach and you know, all that. And there's a hundred kids waiting at the, at, outside the gate for, with signs and like who's who's on the airplane you know like oh it's, it's us so they they played a bunch of shows but the, the famous ones were at the budokan which is a, a sumo stadium that they had they also do concerts as well and they recorded it for the japanese fans and it became a live album that was it was the number one import in the world at one point and mm. so epic epic records at the time said maybe we should release this in the states because you know <laughs> there, there's so many copies being sh- sent over by you know by fans or whatever and it became synonymous with cheap trick so cheap trick live at the budokan is their most famous album and it you know it's probably what top five most famous live albums of all time i would say um so every time we go over there they're still the greatest audience and just mm. You know, we'll, we take the trains when you're when you're there, the, the bullet trains, and every time there's fifty to a hundred people. They're all older now, but yeah, they've got signs and they want to take pictures and get wow. autographs and wow, you know, they, they, it's the the reverence for the band over there is just it's still just amazing. And you know, you go over there and it's it's a different world. You know, you know, they speak different language, they look different. It's, it's, not, you know, it's just different to go tour over there. You know, it's just it's it's so special. And, to be a part of Cheap Trick in Japan has always been probably my favorite 
Yeah, they're do. different people. They look different. They talk different. Yet, it's still a fun show to play for them. Oh, yeah. It's the most fun. And, you know, it's just music. And music is the universal language, as they say. So, you know, it's everybody's happy. Everybody's just, in you know, having a great time. So, Fantastic. Fantastic. That's just one. I guess that's probably the, the number one thing I think about. But, man, no, thousands cool. of shows. Yeah. Dozens of you know, countries. Playing down in South America or Australia, you know. Mm. Most people don't get a chance to ever go to these places because it's so expensive to get there. And it's, you know, I, I get paid to do this. <laughs> so, like, it's pretty much the greatest thing in the world. I get to play music <laughs> and see the world and then, and I'm getting paid to do it. So yeah. Some people don't even get to travel to heck, not even half of the 50 States. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had the opportunity now for two decades to do that, just to travel around and see everywhere I can see. And have fun while I'm doing it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we're going to close today with another Cheap Trick song, one called You Got It Going On. Before I let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. This is off of our second studio album with me on it, uh, album We're All All Right. And uh, it was one of those songs, just great riff and it's a great song, but it was one of the songs where they said, go crazy on this one. Do as many drum fills <laughs> as you can. Like, just do drum fills over the vocals. Just go kind of nuts. And, I kind of met him halfway because my my job is to to support the song versus show my show my chops as they say. Mm. But this one kind of it's kind of Keith Moon esque, you know, just kind of drums everywhere, and I think it's just a cool tune. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dax, thank you so much. Really enjoyed this and appreciate you making time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Bruce. Absolutely, listeners. That will do it. Wow. 300 episodes. Thank you so, so much to everyone who listens, everyone who reads the email newsletter every week about the show, everyone who engages on social media, everyone who sends in emails to the podcast at nhte.net address. This truly is a labor of love, and it means so much to know that there are 149 countries out there where people have listened to now hear this entertainment from. I'm really, really grateful and certainly wouldn't have stuck it out for 300 episodes if no one was listening a huge, huge thanks to all the guys and gals who have let me interview them and shared their stories and their insights over these more than five and a half years. And today, that list gets the name Dax Nielsen added to it. My thanks to Dax, and do check out his website at daxnielsen.com. Again, you can look at the title of this episode on your listening device to get the proper spelling of his first and last names so that you can visit his website. But I will also put a link to his website from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Remember to get with him on social media too. That means like his Facebook page and follow him on Instagram. For that matter, tell him you heard him on Now Hear This Entertainment. Again, cheaptrick.com is the band's official website so you can see where they'll be performing live so you can go see Dax on stage. New Year's Eve, they'll be in Minnesota. Next February, look for them on the Rock and Romance Cruise out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Keep up with the band online as new dates, as you heard from Dax, are always getting added. As I was saying, I have now put out a new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment on time every week for more than five and a half years to the tune of 300 episodes. If that carries weight with you, if you enjoy this show, if you like hearing the guest interviews every week, if you're learning from NHTE, if you're getting entertainment from it, do help me out through the Patreon that I've set up. I am the chief cook and bottle washer for NHTE writing the show, hosting and recording it, doing the post-production, all the administrative work, the promotional work, and so on. 
I would be grateful for you supporting these new releases that I put out week after week. Go to nhte.net and click on the orange support us on Patreon button to do so at whatever level, whatever amount you're most comfortable with and feel you can afford. For now, that will do it for the Milestone 300th episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you ever so much for listening. We'll send you out with the Cheap Trick song that Dax just talked about. This is called You Got It Going On. You got it going every night and day.